reparations and you hearing of that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Prime Minister from the Netherlands. I had to look up his name because it looks a certain way in English, but it's actually pronounced a different way. Now, when you look at it, it almost looks like Rut, but his last name is pronounced Ruta. I had to go look it up. So he recently apologized for the slave trade over in the Netherlands. And yeah, the Netherlands, you know, the ones that do the black peat every single year. Yeah, that Netherlands. So he did this on Monday on the behalf of his government and their role in the slave trade and slavery in a speech welcoming activists as historic but lacking in concrete plans to repair and reparations. Today, I apologize, Ruta said in a 20-minute speech that was greeted by silence by an invited audience at the National Archive. So, they said it's about money. Apologies are words, and with those words, you can't buy anything, he said. Ruta told reporters after the speech that the government is not offering compensation to people, uh, grandchildren, or great-grandchildren of enslaved people. Instead, it established a $212 million fund for initiatives to help tackle the legacy of slavery in the Netherlands and its former colonies and to boost education about the issue. That is not reparations. See, they're trying to pull that same thing. So you know any country that Europeans are running and slavery took place there, they are trying their best just like here in America, to avoid giving you anything. So what he got on the table is absolutely not reparations. Ruta went ahead with the apology, even though some activist groups in the Netherlands in its former colonies have urged him to wait until July 1st of next year, the anniversary of the abolishment of slavery 160 years ago and said they had not been sufficiently consulted in the process leading up to the speech. Activists consider the next year 150 anniversary. So that's 150th anniversary because many enslaved people were forced to continue working in plantations for a decade after slavery was abolished. Don't that sound like the U.S.? The U.S. did that too. You know, they try to act like, oh, at that moment, you know, the emancipation, and everything ended. That's a damn lie. 
and they have been switching it up and renaming it and repackaging it ever since. So now there is an organization called the Black Archives and a member of the activists group called Black Manifest did not attend the speech despite being invited because of what he called an almost insulting lack of consultations with the black community. He said it was a a historic moment, but it lacked a concrete plan for reparations. Reparations wasn't even mentioned. So these groups are saying, you know, they weren't going to attend. He didn't put nothing down about reparations. So beautiful words, but not clear what the next concrete steps will be. So they sound like we do over here when it comes down to reparations, but we we haven't gotten an apology. I don't want no apology, you know. We want tangibles, not apologies. So anyway, Ruta gave a speech at a time when many nations, brutal colony, uh, colonial history, have received critical scrutiny because of Black Lives Matter movement and the police killing of George Floyd, a black man in the U.S. Yeah, well, you know, what does that got to do with reparations over in the Netherlands. So the prime minister's address was a response to a report published a year ago uh, by a government appointed advisory board. Its recommendations, including a government apology, recognition of the slave trade and slavery from the 17th century that happened directly and indirectly under Dutch authority were crimes against humanity. The report said that what it called institutional racism in the Netherlands cannot be seen separately from centuries of slavery and colonialism and the idea that have arisen in its context. So Dutch ministers fanned out Monday to discuss the issue and the um, about the former colonies and the makeup of the Kingdom of the Netherlands, Aruba. Okay, so they also took part in the Caribbean. So they're talking about the Caribbeans too. Well, I know the Caribbeans, they have been, the Caribbean islands have been raising issues about reparations for quite some time. So they're talking about over there as well. Oh, really effed up all over the place. That's the way I see it. So they're just going over some more apologies. The Dutch first uh, became involved in the transatlantic slave trade in the 1500s and became a major trader in the mid 1600s. And eventually the Dutch West India Company became the largest transatlantic slave trader. So, This is according to their history. So in 2018, Denmark 
also issued an apology to Ghana, which it colonized from the 17th century to the mid 19th century. And they expressed their deepest regret for the abuses in the Congo. In 1992, Pope John Paul II apologized for the church role in slavery. Americans have had emotionally charged fights over taking down statues of slaveholders in the South. Actually, I don't care what y'all do with the most fugly ass uh, statues that you had up. So anyway, now the Netherlands have joined the ranks, but some in the black community there, the notable day was tinged with disappointment. For a lot of people, it was a beautiful historic moment within the Dutch, we say a bitter taste. It should have been a historic moment with a sweet taste. So there you go. You know, so they're dealing with the same issues that we are dealing with. You know, let's be real. The entire globe owes us. And that's the truth. The entire globe owes us. And it don't matter how much y'all keep trying to obstruct it, trying to get rid of it, trying to tell us to be quiet. We're not getting reparations. It's not going away. It's not going away. See, before you would say something and it would just kind of tamper down, but those days are behind us. As long as a debt is owed, reparations and you hearing about it is here to stay. No matter where you are on this earth. Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell and I'll see you on the next video. Peace, family. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Dean has been sentenced and he is currently in jail for the murder of a Tatiana Jefferson. But as far as I'm concerned, and you can let me know how you feel in the comment section, his sentence is a travesty of justice. And we have to realize as long as these folks are in charge, nothing is gonna be right for us in criminal court. And this is the way it is. He got 11 years and 10 months. So they pretty much gave him an Amber Geiger sentence for a murder. To me, if the public commits a murder and we get longer sentences, 
these cops should not ever get a break. They never get a sentence that matches what the public would get. And that has always been an ongoing thing in this country. So 11 years shooting through a window of a woman that was just in a room playing video games with her nephew. The door propped open. All he had to do was announce that the police was at the door. How hard was that? Seriously, how hard would it have been for him to do that? And the call came in on a non-emergency line, but he took it upon himself to believe that it was an armed robbery in progress, a burglary in progress. So I'm going to go ahead and play the video and I'll be right back. Verdict reads, we the jury, having found the defendant Aaron York being guilty beyond a reasonable doubt of the offense of manslaughter, assess his punishment at confinement in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for 11 years, 10 months, 12 days. They do not assess a fine. Tatiana Jefferson was a bright, vibrant light. The safest place for her to be and yet turned out to be the most dangerous. She was murdered. Okay, so you saw the video. I don't like the sentence. I don't like it. I think it is way too low amount of time for what he did. So a white former Texas officer who fatally murdered a black woman through a window of her home, October 2019, was sentenced to 11 years, 10 months in prison on Tuesday. The former officer, Aaron Dean, was found guilty of manslaughter Thursday in a fatal shooting of a Tatiana Jefferson, 28 at that time, who had been playing video games with her eight-year-old nephew. Dean was responding to Jefferson's home after a neighbor called the non-emergency line around 2 a.m. to say he noticed an open door. So her front door was open. So the jurors, they deliberated for about 13 hours before handing down the sentence. So Dean did not speak as the sentence was being read and he was taken immediately into custody. So Jefferson's sister, Ashley Carr, you know, called her a beautiful flower, just starting to bloom as she delivered a victim's impact speech. Uh, my sister didn't do anything wrong. No, she didn't. She should still be here as far as I'm concerned. She was in her home, which should have been the safest place for her to be. Well, that has not been proven to be correct. So the jury deliberation, remember there were no black men and women on this jury. This jury was all white, you know, non-black people on the jury. So they deliberated on Monday after hearing testimony from witnesses, including Jefferson's brother, 
and a forensic psychiatrist uh, who conducted Dean's psychological evaluation before he became a police officer in Fort Worth. So Kyle Clayton told jurors that he had concluded that Dean was not psychologically suitable to serve as a police officer. And an evaluation suggested that Dean was a narcissist. That's, that's the kind of personality he had. And that would inhibit his judgment and make him more likely to engage in behaviors that could put himself and others at risk. Now, this was the first person to psychologically evaluate him, okay? And then two other people gave him, it actually was a panel of three psychiatrists that gave him the nod to be a police officer. So they overruled Kai Clayton, the first psychiatrist that actually was correct. They overruled him. A panel of three psychiatrists overruled him and let him become a police officer. Can you imagine if they would have went by that first evaluation? A Tatiana Jefferson would be alive at this very moment. Okay? And her oldest brother, Darius Carr, also testified um, that his sister was a caring woman who moved back home to Fort Worth and cared for her nephew because the boy's mother and grandmother were both in the hospital with heart problems. Okay, so that's why she moved back and she stepped in. Now, um, now they always spoke about her mother being ill. I did know about that, but they never said anything about the nephew's mother. So she also had heart issues. So that's why she stepped in to take care of her, her young nephew. I mean, look, it sounds like she was a very nice person, you know, very caring. And she took time and spent time with her nephew. So Carr said Jefferson was always a flawless student and she dreamed of becoming a doctor after she was diagnosed with diabetes as a preteen. So a jury also heard from Elizabeth Turner who accused Dean of grabbing her and touching her breasts, wow, without her consent when they both were in college. Dean was issued a citation for simple assault over the issue and pled no contest and paid a fine. So he was doing all kinds of stuff even prior to being a cop. So y'all knew this about him before becoming a cop and you let him still be a cop? Only in America. Only in America, you'll see something like that and still believe a person is fit to do police work. Only in this old demonic place. So the defense witnesses on Friday included Dean's mother, who said he became an officer because he wanted to help people. Yeah, well, he didn't help Tatiana Jefferson. He murdered her. That don't look like help to me. Sound like... Um, 
Derek Chauvin's mother, don't she? Oh, he's, he's a good boy. You, you want to help people. No, you birthed a demon. So, you know, her name is Donna Dean, and she claimed uh, Aaron Dean was smart and a hard worker. Y'all always say that crap. I, I've heard that, that about all kinds of people that have been caught up in trouble and they'd be doing some of the most heinous things, but they're the smartest and brightest and the best and this and that. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, the jury gave their verdict and wow, there was a murder charge on the table and this jury rejected the murder charge y'all which could have given him up to life in prison but they took that completely off the table that's what they did and so because of that he now has 11 years and i think that is nothing for taking a life nothing Y'all gonna have to tell me what you think about this one. Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell and I'll see you on the next video. Peace, family. gentlemen, the January 6th committee is talking about bringing up criminal charges on Donald Trump. Now, the insurrection happened January 6th, 2021. We are nearly going into two years after the insurrection, and they haven't done anything to Donald Trump. And I just, Donald Trump is like Teflon John up in here. It seems that no matter what he does, there's no consequences. But we've always seen a reluctance when people look like them. They are very reluctant to do anything. Or they let everything drag out to the point where it's unbearable before they dive in there and do something. They do stuff like this on jobs. How many times have we seen one of them that really should be fired because they're just not doing a good job or they're unruly on the job and they let the stuff go on sometimes for years. And then they'll sit in your face and use excuses. Well, they got a family. Well, a lot of these uh, other people in here got families too. 
but it's never taken into consideration unless the person looks like you. So we know that's a bunch of BS. But with Donald Trump, Donald Trump has gotten away with countless things up in here. So it's just hard for me to believe that you're going to do anything, even with a committee in place. It's hard for me to believe that you're going to do anything. At this point, I would have to see it to believe it. I'm going to go ahead and play this video from The Hill. Committee believes that more than sufficient evidence exists for a criminal referral of former President Trump for assisting or aiding and comforting those at the Capitol who engaged in a violent attack on the United States. The committee has developed significant evidence that President Trump intended to disrupt the peaceful transfer, transition of power under our Constitution. The president has an affirmative and primary constitutional duty to act to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Nothing could be a greater betrayal of this duty than to assist in insurrection against the constitutional order. After Attorney General Barr's resignation, President Trump requested that the acting leadership of the department, Jeffrey Rosen and Richard Donahue, quote, just say the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. In other words, just tell a small lie to put the facade of legitimacy on this lie. And the Republican congressman and I can distort and destroy and create doubt all ourselves. It's of the utmost importance that our Department of Justice operates as a fair and neutral body that enforces our federal laws without fear or without favor. It is this critical function that President Trump sought to corrupt. He sought to use the Department of Justice to investigate and prosecute purported election fraud to help him convince the public the election was stolen. President Trump lit the flame he poured gasoline on the fire and sat by in the White House dining room for hours watching the fire burn. And today still continues to fan, to fan those flames. That is his extreme dereliction of duty. No man would behave that way at that moment in time and ever serve in any position of authority in our nation again. He is unfit for any office. This committee is nearing the end of its work. But as the country, we remain in strange and uncharted waters. We've never had a president of the United States stir up a violent attempt to block the transfer of power. I believe nearly two years later, this is still a time of reflection and record. If we are to survive as a nation of laws and democracy, this can never happen again. Okay, you heard the video on Donald Trump and them talking about criminal charges being brought up and they're claiming that Republicans are not going to stand by him, you know, in the Senate. And, you know, we shall see. You know, it's awfully funny how they're going to bring up these criminal charges, but you let Donald Trump become a candidate for 2024 to run again.
you know, you, you didn't stop him. And you've been fumbling around with his taxes all this time. And that has gone nowhere. You know, I, I'm, I'm just saying that Donald Trump is probably the most elusive politician in America today. So this panel is saying this is their recommendation. So they want to cite a criminal referral against Donald Trump for the insurrection. So the referral does not require the Department of Justice to bring criminal charges against the former president, but they put more pressure on federal prosecutors to act. Now, do you really think federal prosecutors are going to act? And the fact that you're not getting the Justice Department involved, how far do you really think this is going? I'm just saying, y'all. I'm just saying. You know, I think this is all fluff at the end of the day. And anytime you see them give these remedial sentences to a bunch of people that tried to overthrow the government, sedition, okay, they straight out went up to the Capitol, vandalized the Capitol, stole out of the Capitol, they peed all over the place and left excrement everywhere, their poop. And you gave them sentences like one week in jail, two weeks in jail, 90 days in jail. I mean, when you see that happen, how hard do you think they're going on Donald Trump? No, those folks should have gotten years behind bars, not weeks. But that's the easiest possible sentence you could give. The longest sentence I've heard so far is five years. That's it. But all of the other sentences, the vast majority of them was just a few weeks here and a few weeks there. For overthrow, trying to overthrow the government, that's what they got. But now the same people that gave out it wasn't it prosecutors that gave out those sentences, but now I'm supposed to believe these prosecutors are going to come down heavy handed on Donald Trump. I don't think so, but y'all can let me know in the comment section, but I, I just think this is another um, bunch of chatter and talk that's going to amount to nothing. Just like the sentences we have seen, it literally amounted to nothing for these people. It was no big consequence for them to sit in a jail for uh, a couple of weeks or a few days. <laughs> How is that going to make somebody accountable or responsible with some little teeny tiny sentence? So you now want me to believe those same prosecutors that gave these tiny sentences are going to go hard on Donald Trump. Give me a break. Nobody should believe that. No one. Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell and I'll see you on the next video. Peace, family.
Ladies and gentlemen, Bishop Lamar Whitehead has gotten out of jail and he is he's on social media with this big smile and telling everybody he's innocent, the charges are fake, you know, and this and that. He's doing that typical thing that you see fraudsters do, you know, trying to put on airs like everything is fine and all this stuff. Oh, you know, they're just messing with him and all that stuff. No, you got some pretty serious charges on you. So he was attempting to get on and put on his best Kool-Aid smile. But y'all, I'm not buying it for one second. Not for one second. I'm going to show you the video that he posted immediately right after getting out of prison. And my question is, why didn't you just spend that time with your family and just chill out? But he wanted to run to social media right away to do a video declaring, you know, declaring his innocence. So I'm going to show you the video and I'll be right back. Media let you guys know I was arrested yesterday. And um, just because you are arrested doesn't make you guilty. It's the way of the world. And um, we live in a place called America and you are innocent to proven guilty. So I wanted to come on today to express to everyone that's been asking questions and interviews and things that, uh, uh, all the requests, so some questions that you guys were asking me. First of all, I wanna say that I'm not guilty. I wanna make that clear, y'all. That's why I have a smile on my face. I'm in an amazing spirit. I, 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 I'm, I'm... So you saw the video. The video seems kind of strange Bars to in say the least, but I, I don't know. I, I just Scamming think it's strange fool. how he is concerning himself with the media after getting out of jail. So he proclaimed his innocence, as you saw on the video. He is facing federal fraud and extortion charges. So he put this video out on Tuesday in an attempt to urging his supporters, don't drink the Kool-Aid. I don't know, look like you had too much Kool-Aid, buddy. So Bishop claims he's not guilty. And he's going to fight. Whitehead 44 declared during a 15-minute Instagram video, which shows him sitting on a plush white couch 
in front of two uh, photos of the South. Yeah, I see those portraits back there. Ain't nothing changed. I'm still the same bishop, he said. Mm-hmm. So he's still the same con artist, y'all. Jackpot. Still, he's still the same scammer. And I'll say it again. Just because you were arrested doesn't make you guilty. Well, in America, you are innocent until proven guilty as long as you are a non-Black person. But if you are a black man in America, you're always perceived to be guilty. So just because you were arrested doesn't make you guilty. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. I'm telling you all. You drunk it already. Don't drink it again. Give it time. So Whitehead, who retreated to his gaudy New Jersey McMansion, this is what the right, I mean, I, I don't know what a McMansion is. After being released on a $500,000 bond Monday, like in his current dilemma to the fallout of his claims that he was robbed at gunpoint during a live sermon in July. Well, at least we did see that on live stream. So, you know, as usual, a lot of people questioned whether that robbery was staged, but they're saying two men were indeed arrested. That's what they're saying. So, ladies and gentlemen, you have to tell me what you think. I just think the whole thing is strange here. You know, and to me, he got to feel a certain way in order to concern himself about being on social media so quickly after being released from prison. So um, he claims, I want you to do some research. Whitehead said on Instagram Tuesday, don't let the media shape your mind. Y'all did that when my church got robbed. Y'all allowed the media, y'all allowed what people said, y'all allowed the things that they brought up. This is a bishop? This sounds stupid. Y'all allowed everything to confuse you. He said, do your research. So, y'all, so the new federal fraud charges, he's you know, being indicted on charges of bilking a parishioner out of $90,000 intended to buy her a new home, extorting $5,000 out of a local businessman. So he's also facing numerous civil lawsuits. Despite his new legal challenge, Whitehead remains defiant describing himself a man of excellence, a man of integrity. <laughs> well, people that got integrity don't go out here scamming folks. <laughs> they, don't, they don't sound like no integrity. So anyway, and 
if I wasn't a man of God, this is what he's saying, the enemy wouldn't be fighting me like he is, Whitehead said. So I want you guys to keep me in your prayers. And also, I'm not listening to the noise. Yes, you are. Because if you weren't listening to the noise, you wouldn't be doing this video. Right. You are listening to what's being said. And trust me, these videos that are going out here all over social media, and I'm sure there's probably some on Instagram too. He's watching them. He's looking at them. Y'all did that to me before, he continues. All of the bloggers everywhere with their own way of telling the story that don't matter to me. I'm not giving you no light. <coughs> That's okay. We don't need demon light. That's okay. You keep that light to yourself. But y'all, please tell me what you think about this video. Mm -mm -mm. Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell. And I'll see you on the next video. Peace, family. <laughs>